Welcome to the interview with Leon, who is a Vedic monk, and we talk about the wonders and mysteries around the world. So no further ado, here we go. For those who don't know, because I asked you, are you a psychic? And you said you're a shaman. So what is that like in your definition? And another way, uh, you could also call me like a Vedic monk or a priest. Uh, mm. So I am someone who has meditated to a point where I've reached enlightenment. I can also commune with spirits. Um, I also can commune with the forces of nature, also known as mm. the gods. What are gods per se? Well, there's like three elder gods of creation that kind of form together. You can also call those like the directions, like height, width, and length. Mm -hmm. Those are all forces that continue outwards. That's the expanding of the universe. Those three directions form together, create a big bang. Their big bang was the, the objective to create. So that would be the creation god. And then all the forces of nature that people uh, observe, like the wind, the water, the air, everything like that. If you give that a name and, and you pray to that, say like, oh, I really pray for rain to come. When you pray for rain, and if that's like really prayed on a lot, that becomes its own spiritual entity of some sort. I can commune with those spirits of, uh, and that's how I have a full idea of what's going on in nature. I also have like a really good communion with uh, birds. Like every time I hear the birds, I just kind of instinctually know what they're trying to tell me. Most of the time they're warning me about bears or coyotes or, mm. or anything that's in the area that could possibly harm us. I like to call birds like the personification of anxiety because <laughs> like, that's what they really are. They're so anxious all the time. Yeah, they see dogs and they start like, squ like squawking all over the place because they think that they're going to be eaten. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> if you have too much coffee, then you know what it's like to be a bird. So then to you, what is God? You know, because there's like Christian gods, there's like Egyptian yes. gods. Um, so I see all of history and also all of future. So I can kind of give you a little more context. The, the Christian God is also known um, as the Book of Shiva. The Vedic gods are would be the, the old religion, like the religion that's kind of started mm -hmm. everything because all of the other religions kind of spurred from those ones. If you ever are interested, you could uh, read up the Vedas. And uh, the Vedas kind of explain the multiverse in a very poetic sense. Um, and it's a book that has existed for 100,000 years. It's also the basis of Buddhism, because the Buddha uh, came from Vedic uh, beliefs. Buddhism itself is uh, a way of living, rather as Vedism is just the facts of life, of how the universe works, how the astral realm works. Mm -hmm. So what we observe in regular life is the physical realm where your thoughts exist and where souls and spirits exist is the astral realm and it interacts with the physical realm just as much as everything else it's kind of like a gamma radiation where you don't see it but you'll feel it mm. so all the other gods that do exist it's just another name for the same forces of nature the the gods really don't have that much care about how you live your life they just want you to live happy and and follow your heart's true desire there's one that in vedic belief uh, would be your atma which is also known as your soul and your physical vessel, which would be like your body. So your atma is separate from your physical body. Now, who your atma is, is your guardian angel or your gut feeling. So every time you have a gut feeling like, uh, I should go here, or I should do this. That's basically your guardian angel kind of giving you a pang of like, this is what you should be doing. Now, who your guardian angel is, is a it could be a god. It could be a smaller soul. Now, how can you tell the difference between a god and a smaller soul? Souls kind of work like if you know the concept of phoenix, where it like it burns and rises from the ashes, and it's a fire that keeps on igniting. Now, every time that phoenix has a desire for something, let's say it's a desire to dance, let's say it's a desire to eat, let's say it's a desire for something, then a feather will fall from that phoenix, and then that feather will eventually turn into an egg that will spur its own soul, 
that soul might willfully choose to incarnate in some form. It could be a smaller animal, it could be a person, it could be anything, and to live through that a desire. While it accomplishes its life and it accomplishes its desire, it kind of gains its own wings and it becomes from a soul to an angel. Angel will gain, it will turn into like a, a patron god of that desire. So it's really beautiful because it's all about how the more you follow your heart, the better this world gets, the more wow, people wow. will be able to follow their heart. Yeah, it's, it's really beautiful. So I know this might be a very just generic question, but do you see like auras from me? Do you see colors? Like what do you see so when it comes to uh seeing people's auras and stuff like that I, there's a couple conditions that work for me all you need to do is have belief and all you need to do is ask and then i can in your case um i can um i can see a, a vivid green uh and, through the and, screen whoa yeah yeah i can wow. see a vivid green and blue aura around you um so green and not blue normally <laughs> <laughs> not the painting no okay. um it's uh the, the green and blue is much different because that's more of a, a teal while i'm seeing more of like an aqua that fades into an indigo mm -hmm. that shows me that you have like elation and curiosity good for you um i see that you must have done something that makes you pretty happy lately so do you see also ghosts and is ghosts and spirits different same or my physical vessel um is a clear audience so i can hear them and i can hear them very clearly seeing them i'll see them in my mind's eye rather than seeing them as if i'm walking uh, seeing another person so your mind's eye how you picture a location in front of you so like just knowing like you're about to walk into a room you're you know what the room should look like and all of that if a spirit enters that room when i walk into that room i'll see like an outline of a shadow within my mind mind's eye of like wait the room's not supposed to look exactly this way kind of like how some people have that feeling like something's wrong or something's off mm. or something like that that's what i feel the most vivid encounter i've ever had with a spirit was um first year of university i was just it was just at home uh, i was sleeping at night and then i woke up in the middle of the night and i could feel that there was a woman in my bed um and i initially thought like oh maybe my mom felt she wanted to cuddle up with me like live like i was when i was just a toddler sometimes mm -hmm. my mom's like that i could tell like no this woman's a lot younger than my mom she's she was a, a transient spirit so she must have recently passed and was kind of living through her life and she attached to the first thing that a spirit that she came nearby so then i could feel my sheets moving up and tucking me in and that's not something my parents ever have done and i could hear her giggling i guess she was trying to speak or like communicate with her son is what i'm thinking because she just traced her finger along the middle of my back trying to make me laugh. And then I said a word, uh, a shamanistic word that, and this is important, if you ever encounter a spirit and you just want to leave you alone, the words to separate it, like snap uh, power around you is isu wusu. So isu wusu. It's kind of just like a command word that snaps the band of energy so that they can't interact Whoa. with you anymore. So it's a really handy one. It's something that I think everybody should know about. If you ever encounter a spirit and you don't know if it's good or it's bad, or if you just don't want to deal with it, that's the word that you use and it will snap out of your vision. It'll, it won't be able to interact with you anymore. So why did this uh, spirit was near you when it died somewhere else? This body, like this vessel has immense spiritual energy, uh, particularly because both my parents' bloodlines come from Brahmin bloodlines. In Vedic terms, that means like they're basically bloodlines of priests. So it's just a lot of spiritual energy in there. And I always kind of put out a very welcoming aura it's one of the reasons why most like all animals kind of come to me and they're just like mm -hmm. ready to treat me like snow white or something because they're drawn uh, to the energy yeah they're drawn to the friendly familial energy mm -hmm. that wants to give them comfort and warmth and i'm pretty sure that that's why she came to me the part that was interesting was i so i fell back asleep and then i woke up the next day when i went to go take a shower and i took my shirt off 
down the middle of my back was a like a hairline scar, a scab, like a like as if someone took a fingernail and cut my back. I don't think that that spirit did that on purpose. But one thing that people uh, should know is what passes between the astral realm and the physical realm is electricity and light and sound. Uh, so wavelengths, because uh, string theory is correct. If you want to know about the universe, string theory is accurate. So anything that passes through wavelength, that's uh, basically how the spirits interact. So congratulations, there's probably spirits listening to your music. <laughs> and they're probably living, loving it. So when she touched me, she didn't realize that she was causing a static shock and tracing a line with it. So a lot of people, if they ever interact with ghosts, they might get scratches and stuff on their back where they might get like any type of scar that was normally caused from an electric burn or something like that. That's because a spirit did actually touch them and the amount of frequency that they had was what touched them and that's what caused like an electrical burn of some sorts. Like everything's technically scientific. The only thing is humans have yet to realize that the astral realm exists in parallel with the physical realm. Just like how it took them a really long time to figure out how space works. A long time ago, everybody just thought that, you know, Earth was flat. As time went on, they kind of realized like, oh no, we're wrong. There's more to this. There are scientific texts that do exist that might not necessarily be Western texts. They might not necessarily be yeah. what, what's existed over here that we consider normal, but it might be older than that. The Vedic texts do talk about the multiverse in very mm -hmm. thorough detail. And it's where I'm like, hey, the science already exists. It just doesn't have a white person's name attached to it, which is why we don't <laughs> consider it as an actual so science. True. About past lives, if I show you like a birthmark, can you see where it's from? Your physical vessel mm -hmm. applies specifically to this body. Now your past life would be your direct last past life. And then that would interact with you. So most people require their unison with their own atma in order to see their past lives. I have a scar as well, like a birthmark uh, just underneath my pec from a sword mark oh. from when I died during one, uh, the thousand year war in early India. I think like the only reason why I was born again within like with Indian blood is particularly because like my last life really liked it. And it was like, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm booking this life again. I'm booking a, another, another trip through this body. Um, um, <laughs> even though like India has nothing like what it used to look mm -hmm. like about 10,000 years ago. It used to be so much more beautiful back then. And I get memories and stuff from my past oh. lives and seeing how much, how much more fruitful the world used to be. Mm. Yeah. When you look and see you have birthmarks, most mm. of the time it is from either injuries or something that you have a life-changing injury from a past life. Regarding past life, do you have to reincarnate? What if you say, hey, well, I'm done with coming back to the physical? Yeah, you don't have to. It's entirely up to you. This is but like letting you know like six times out of 10, people re will reincarnate for food because really? in the astral realm, yep, people, yeah, yeah. It's one of the reasons why people like love food. It's why Instagram was all about food pics. Like mm -hmm. honestly, like people don't realize that a lot of the times that the, the reasons why they incarnate is because in the astral realm, spirits don't have taste buds. They don't, mm -hmm. they can't taste anything. They don't have any physical bodies. They can't really enjoy the carnal pleasures of this planet or even other planets too, because you don't have to incarnate on this planet. You can incarnate on any other planet that you want because there's multiple planets that have life, mm -hmm. life on them and all of them offer something different. If you were going to consider earth as something, it's almost like a video game hub where like everybody has been going on this planet pretty often. So there's a really good infrastructure. There's really good things going on. It's going to last in this zone for a pretty long time. And it's pretty mild when it comes to 
other forces of nature that can threaten you. Like we don't have to deal with like monsters that come and attack us on a regular basis, oh, wow. unlike some other planets where there's a lot more um, ferocious beasts. So it's pretty tame. And that's one of the reasons why there's so many people that, that uh, propagate here and why there's so much reincarnation that does happen on this planet in particular. Mm, so if you were to reincarnate, you don't want to get eaten by monsters. Why would you reincarnate to that kind of planets? Or do you, do you not have a choice? Well, you do have a choice. And most of the time, people will incarnate on those planets because they wanted a sense of adventure. They wanted oh. to live a life of something like a like an adventurer or a life of someone who has to battle monsters. They, a lot of the times, if you ever meet really like competitive people, really sporty people, the, the people who are really competitive and really sporty who always want to like beat something, they're normally the people that will try to incarnate on, on planets that are a little bit more dangerous. Okay, so this might be, I don't know how to explain it, but let's say like you reincarnate to a starving child in a third world country. How would that explain? You never really get to choose the circumstances of where, of what happens when you're born. I'll give you like a personal context. Like I did not know when I incarnated into this body, the people of India would have been so far from what they were taught thousands of years ago. Like they don't believe in the same things they used to. Mm -hmm. They're nowhere near the same religious leaders that they used to be. It's a completely different place that's like entirely corrupt. No shade, just saying, like I'm just stating it as it is. Everybody from India will have, like, they, they have to agree that it's a really corrupt place and it's nowhere near where its morals are when it comes to its books. Someone who is born in an African tribe or like, like a third world starving country, they didn't know when they incarnated into that body that that body would be impoverished. They didn't know that that family would, would not be able to provide for them. They just chose a life that would be uh, more tribal. They wanted something that's a lot more family-oriented mm. versus something that's a lot more city life-like. If you're in the astral realm, you t then you don't see us uh, like how we do it? Not necessarily. It's kind of like throwing a dart at a spinning board where you're just trying to land. Like you have your set of circumstances, you have your desires of what you want, mm -hmm. and then you kind of just take a dart, you throw it at the board, and you hope it lands on a right at a right position. That's one of the reasons why children who die starve they'll almost automatically reincarnate, have a new opportunity, have a lot better of an opportunity. I always feel bad for kids who do are who are starving and stuff. Um, but it's a little bit of solace and a little bit of, of a weight off your shoulders knowing that if they do pass, they will have another opportunity. It'll probably be like a snap opportunity in another place in another timeline. Or it could be exactly rewind time. Oh, because time works in a helix. So just like how I said, it's a spinning dartboard. That's a spinning time helix as well. So you can throw it. You might end up being incarnated in the future. If you die randomly in the future, you can throw another dart and you might incarnate in the past and you'll have another opportunity to live through that time period again. So whenever you meet people who are like, oh, I think I was totally like a 50s child, they might actually get a chance to live as a 50s child. This life is all about accomplishing your heart's true desires. So everything that's available is to accomplish your heart's true desires. Mm. Nothing is impossible. So does that mean that like you said, when you reincarnate, you get a better opportunity? Does that mean your soul grows to know how to throw it in more of a, the right way? Yes, yes. Just like how um, I really like to, uh, to compare it to relationships, just like how you'll have a relationship and you'll be like, wow, I don't think I ever want to date someone who is like more prioritized in like going out with their friends and drinking rather than spending time with me. And then you'll meet someone who actually has like better standards. It's the same thing. What happens after you've grew so much that you, do you become God? What's the enlightenment in the spiritual world? Soul will eventually become a God. Everybody's soul is is on their path to becoming a God. And a God is just a force of, of that, that defines their heart's true purpose. Like Beethoven, Beethoven, 
because he chose to just live his life's true desire to the point where he was able to create masterful works. So that soul became a god. And then any other desire that he had, for example, if he if he ever wanted to become like, I don't know, professional cyclists, those small fractions of the soul split off and they're born into other bodies so that those bodies end up having those opportunities. But his soul in particular became like a patron god of music. It doesn't necessarily have to be the exact same soul. It'll just be a new version of him that will still have a little bit, uh, like a really good knack for music. Like if you ever meet someone who's like a really good cook, but they want to be a, a fantastic dancer. So they're working and becoming a phenomenal dancer, but they're also a really good cook. They probably had a previous life that wanted to be a professional chef or wanted to be someone who was really good at cooking. And they were able to accomplish that desire. And now a different desire that they had, which was to be a dancer, is now being fulfilled. Like humans do not have the right to, to make another decision over another human. Mm. Uh, if you do that, you will be punished by Themis because she's like, hey, that's the job of the gods to decide if this person's a good person or a bad person. What we're supposed to do as humans is we're supposed to hold each other accountable and say like, hey, you just kicked that puppy. You're an asshole. Why'd you do that? Don't do that. We're going to prevent you from kicking any more puppies. That's our job. We're supposed to hold each other accountable. But we can't just say like, oh, this person, he kicked a puppy once, so he's evil and we need to hang him and we need to kill him. If you're thinking about the most active God, um, I would say like the one God who works her ass off is karma because, oh my God, she works fast. And especially <laughs> within that past few years, oh God, she is my favorite. She'll like snap her fingers and you'll get what's coming to you. Well, when I was younger, I saw this, I, I call it, I don't know who she was, but I saw a ghost spirit, whatever it was, but it was a female. And I still remember that vividly and clear. How can I, or can you help me to find out who she is? So there's multiple reasons why you could have seen them. A lot of the times these spirits will incarnate, uh, will like show themselves to you because they might think that you can help them. There are other beings that exist that are not good ones. Um, I call them the beast um, because they're not like, they're not demons. They're not, they're, they're they don't belong in this reality. Um, they, they kind of come from parallel dimension and they're not, they're not able to interact with us. Um, what they do is they kind of like latch onto people and they will mimic your voice inside your head and they'll start whispering lies to you. Now, some people know this as like mental illness. Where schizophrenia. They, yeah, schizophrenia and stuff. But the thing is, these ones in particular will be the worst bullies to you and they'll speak in your own voice. So they'll try to convince you that actually it's you who's saying these things to you. But like, you always need to think about when you're young. You said in particular you were six or seven. Now, I should also like preface this with, children are at unison with their patron God, with their Atma, they're in unison. Mm -hmm. When they start becoming influenced by schools, by other people, that's when they get a little bit separated because their Atma is like, oh, I'm gonna let you live your life. I'll let you experience mm -hmm. whatever you need to experience. Normally, when you reach the age of 30 or so, like around 30 and beyond, that's normally when people have their midlife crisis. And that midlife crisis is normally them reuniting with their Atma and realizing like, oh my gosh, I am not following my heart's true desire. Why have I been like doing accounting when I was supposed to be like, uh, a metal worker and that's normally why people like a little bit later on in their life start seeing spirits again because they're gonna once they reach their heart's desire and they are at unison with their patron god and their atma then they're able to see the astral realm again and they're able to interact with the astral realm again uh when you're young you can see ghosts like crazy you can hear them like crazy and the more you follow your heart's desire the closer you'll be able to experience the astral realm and then you'll also get some major understanding 
uh, just from what you've told me, um, I'm getting like a little bit of a vision of just like reveal herself to you to let her know that she, let you know that she was there and that you weren't alone and you weren't lonely. I think in particular, you felt like nobody was there to help you and that there wasn't anybody there looking after you or watching you or making sure that you were protected whenever you would have any kind of night terror. And yeah. she revealed herself in particular to let you know, nope, you're fine. I'm here. Nothing's going to hurt you. A lot of people can't really control their thoughts. A lot of people don't really know how to, because your thoughts are almost like a megaphone in the astral realm. So when you're a child, most children will just cry really loudly, say what they want. Spirits hear them all the time. And lots of times spirits are like, hey, I'm here. I can help you. They might be the ones who like push a pencil towards you to help you draw it, encourage you to follow your dreams, encourage you to do what you want to do. You're just another person that they can help achieve their true goal because they might have regrets like they didn't realize during their physical life that they were just supposed to follow their heart's desire. A lot of people get stuck in family obligations where they think like, oh, I need to do what my, my mom and my dad want. And they don't actually follow their heart's desire. And then after they pass, they'll just have this immense re regret. And a part of them will, will want to go and tell everyone like, no, don't follow what everyone else is telling you to do. Don't get influenced by everybody else's desires. You need to do what you want to do. You suffer the consequence of whatever action you take. So if you decide to listen to you, uh, like an, an aunt giving you bad advice, she doesn't have to suffer the consequence of that action. That's, That's you that true. has to suffer that, mm -hmm. uh, that consequence. So you need to always keep in mind, like, yeah, this person might have the, the best intentions for me, but do they really know what I want to do? Do they really value what I truly mm -hmm. care about? Because if they don't, then do, are they really looking out for your better interest? Because mm -hmm. your spiritual happiness is just as important as your physical wealth and your physical happiness. And something that I need to like let everybody know is take the leap of faith and follow your heart's desire because the gods will do whatever they can to provide you with everything you need financially, with everything you need like in emotional wealth. Can you also talk to your dead ancestors or someone who passed away? In one of my meditations, I was able to basically do a rewind time and see where my bloodlines went. My dad comes from a village in northern India called Gaddon. Um, uh, that northern India is also known as Pentapotamia in ancient Greece. We technically belong to a kingdom that was destroyed uh, during the British occupation. That kingdom is called Drahe, um, and it's still there, the birthplace of the peacock. So uh, my family has an affinity with peacocks. That's probably like one of the main reasons why I have such good affinity with birds. If an animal has sworn its its entire like allegiance or whatever to us, and we offered our own car, that's uh, getting karmatic balance. Give back to the animals that you consume. If you love chicken, then get yourself a few chickens, you know, give them some food, then you'll feel so much better about eating chicken because you know that you're also helping chicken survive. Mm. It's really the best way I can ever say about achieving karmatic balance. It's also really good for your spiritual health. And you don't necessarily have to get your own chickens. You could go to a petting zoo. You can also like donate towards somebody else who has chickens or, or something like that. If you really like beef, you can also donate towards somebody else who actually has cows. You can go feed them yourself, spend some time. Cows are the most adorable animals. They're basically like giant dogs. I like I that really karmatic balance. That, that was yeah. good. That's nice. Karmatic balance. It's really, really important. It's also a part of like just living life. If you're going to consume nature, go plant some nature. Mm. Um, and that's how you reduce your carbon footprint as well as give back to nature and let other spirits thrive. You also have the opportunity when you reincarnate to live simply as a tree. You can live as a tree. And you can just enjoy the sun and the water and have that long life of a hundred years of just 
breathing in and breathing out is basically what that life is like. So I just wanted to get into a topic about also aliens. Can you see aliens or are you not in that category? They exist. Like aliens are very much a real thing. I find aliens to be really sad rather than a really interesting phenomenon because uh, what a lot of people think is aliens are coming from dis distant planets. But it's a lot easier to pass through parallel universes than it is to pass, uh, like, go physically the distance. A parallel universe would be like going from your bedroom to a bedroom down the hall while going to across the street to somebody else's house. Mm -hmm. A lot of aliens are actually just coming from parallel dimensions, and then they're just sticking around this planet, flying around, figuring out, um, is this, like, Earth 3.0.1, the one that we came from? And most of the time it isn't. And so they're kind of lost and they're trying to get back because traveling through the veil of parallel dimensions is like playing like a game of pachinko. Like you have no idea where you're gonna end up. And it's a really risky game. And a lot of a lot of civilizations in the future always end up making the same mistake of like just jumping through parallel dimensions, expecting it's gonna just be like a ping pong game when it really isn't. I always find it like really sad whenever I do see UFOs. I'm like, they're just trying to find their way back home. But how are they that advanced to have that kind of ship and be able to jump through parallels but not able to go back? Oh, because time is a helix, so it's constantly spinning. So when you go through a parallel oh. dimension, you might not come back at the right timeline. You might end up way further in the future or way further in the past. So a lot of time travelers are actually like aliens per se. They're just humans from the future. And a lot, like, uh, a lot of uh, aliens are like, they look kind of like humans, right? They're kind of bipedal creatures. They have two arms, they have two legs. They might have similar skin. With parallel dimensions, you always end up getting a slight different set of circumstances. So you might get uh, a, a version of Earth that gets a lot more radiation from the sun. That uh, sun could be a red dwarf by then. Um, it could be a different version of Earth that lost its moon. And so it got tidally locked to the sun. So it would have been burnt to death like Venus. A lot of times these are genetically similar to us, but the circumstances of their dimension was slightly different. So when they're going and playing the ping pong game of like trying to get back to where they're supposed to be, a lot of times the reason why those aliens are even leaving is they're looking for a place that they can nest in because if they end up looking like like grays where the the radiation has completely mm -hmm. destroyed their entire body where they don't have the same like melatonin in their skin anymore and any of that or sorry melanin in their skin anymore uh they're just trying to find a new place to nest and like develop a civilization but there is almost like a law that it, that will be passed like when they get to that level it's a, i'll call it a tier four civilization um, where they're able to actually manipulate uh, dimensions where you're not supposed to nest on a planet that has an active civilization growing. They're all mentioned inside of, um, of the Mesopotamian and Sumerian cultures uh, of being giant bipedal creatures. If you look at the ruins of Petra, those are tall doorways that are completely like, you don't understand how they could have oh, built I these things, that. right? Yeah, aliens per se, were much they were considered giants in comparison to humans humans were genetically engineered or our version of humans that we understand are genetically engineered to look like those ones they came to this planet when or when humans were still kind of neanderthalish and so to a lot of the aliens that do come here the reason why they're not making contact with us is because there's like a rule to not do that because we have reached a point where we're intelligent enough to kind of grow and they don't want to influence us too much so whose law is this who made this law this universal law I'm not entirely sure because like that would have been like a, it might be like a Stargate type thing where there's a bunch of like people that all talk about this, but I'm pretty sure this is like one that's between uh, advanced humans, just like how we 
have a rule to not go into the Amazon rainforest and interact with uh, tribes that exist over there. It's the same deal. It's the exact same type of law that we already have when it comes to small tribes that are not as developed. We can't do that because there's a high chance that these aliens do have their own set of diseases. Like, and, and the same thing that happened with the conquistadors that came to North America, bringing smallpox and bringing all these things and decimating the population, the same thing might happen. And that's like one of the main reasons why like they really try their best to not interact with humans. Do you believe in the whole like shape-shifting aliens that live among us? Can you see them? What you need to know about this planet is if that's a possibility, it probably does exist in some some sort. Every rumor has a bit of truth to it. Those aliens, if they do shape-shift, they're just shape-shifting so they can fit in with the rest of us. They might have lost their way. They might have given up on trying to get back to their own version of their own planet. And they're like, you know what? We're never going to be able to get back to people, to the people, and we just want to be able to speak to somebody. They get really lonely. A lot of animals do get really lonely. It's why they like are pretty interested in meeting other animals and like yeah. making friends and stuff, right? I, whenever I think about aliens, I just get sad for them because a lot of times they're just lonely and they want to just live peacefully. And while over here, we have all these crazy theories like they're trying to murder us and stuff like that do you if they really wanted to murder us they would have done it by now humans really like to screw each other over and that's because when they get a, like a type of uh, insecurity like oh no if i pass what's going to happen to my family like my family might lose all their money and so on and so forth and so they just do whatever they can to monopolize the entire system in order to like gain family wealth but they don't realize that that kind of destroys the opportunity for other people mm -hmm. humans really screw themselves each other over the the whole story of like lucifer being a fallen angel if there is a hell that it exists it's just a planet that humans can't live on well that soul that angel decided humans are so horrible to each other that why would I ever want to like even hang out with them? So it's not really about us seeing draconians, reptilians shape-shifting into political. It's kind of us screwing ourselves over. And then trying to blame somebody else for it. Like the draconians in particular, they would probably be living like subterranean and mm -hmm. most other creatures that we can interact with us like Bigfoot and stuff, they realize that humans are just bad news. You can look at a history book and it will prove to you if anything ever goes wrong, Humans will take the first opportunity to find the first person that looks different from them and blame them for everything that's going on. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. For example, like dolphins are just as smart as humans. I would consider dolphins and like pigs as tier three civilizations. Had they developed wow. language so that they can communicate with us? Oh, they probably understand. They probably do understand us, just like how dogs do understand what you're trying to tell them. But they're not going to go out of their way to speak a human language because they know that if they ever like learn to really communicate with us, if something goes wrong, then they're the first thing that's going to be slaughtered. It's just that a lot of humans never truly get the guidance to follow their heart's desire. And if they don't follow their heart's desire, they get riddled with insecurities. Um, a really good example I have is like, if you look at like the Swedish Alps, um, they have like people living there, still living with farms. They have their cowbells. They have like, they like yodel to their cattle and stuff. They're living fantastically and they're not complaining about anything. Mm -hmm. Like this world's kind of like on fire per se at the moment. Uh, another group would be uh, the Australian natives, the Maori. They particularly do not interact with any form of civilization because they know that like human civilization, uh, civilization is pretty toxic. Mm -hmm. uh, where they'll just pick each other and they'll blame each other for everything. So one last question about this, but like then someone might say, well, does it matter what I do in this life if we're going to recording again, again, again? You know, this is more like just a play. Like people do this because they want to do it. So 
yeah, you can choose to not do anything, but you're wasting your own opportunity. Like you wanted to do something. So why would you give up on wanting to do that? Just remember how you were when you were four years old and you had none of the weight of the world on your shoulders. You wanted to play, you wanted to make friends, you wanted to enjoy life. That's how you should be living. You should be living as if you were four years old. Just go for it. Whenever people are like, oh, it doesn't really matter what I do in this life, but then like, why would you give up? Like you chose to incarnate, you have it in you. Don't, don't listen to anybody else. Don't let the weight of the world bear you down because you have it in you to accomplish anything you really want. Wow. So what can someone like me and someone else that wants to experience this develop our psychic abilities or enlightenment? Your physical body vessel has some attributes. Um, it'll either be an, an air, earth, water, or fire element, which means around those elements in particular, you'll gain a lot more peace, central peace. One of the reasons why um, us as monks or us as gurus, we meditate or shamans, we meditate because that gains introspection where you're able to look upon yourself. I like to meditate in the shower because my body is a water element. Um, so the water helps me just basically expand my spiritual reach and I can hear the spirits around me a lot more clear a lot of times you're going to realize that like you're doing pretty good like mm -hmm. like i have to give you extra props like you're doing a great job if you ever are worried like oh my gosh i'm not accomplishing things grace you're doing a phenomenal job mm -hmm. don't ever worry i'm proud of you i think you're doing a phenomenal job all you have to do is just keep on doing it keep on following your heart mm -hmm. and spend some time per day just being with yourself and thinking well, like what have i accomplished today and like, what can I do to thank myself for, for following my dreams? Mm -hmm. That's how some people start to know, like whenever they're like about to get a cold, some people who are really in tune with their bodies know like, mm, I need more protein today. Oh, I need more carbs today. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm low in sugar today. That's all about being at one with your body and understanding your vessel. And the same thing happens with your spiritual sense. And that's how you end up getting a better in tune uh, connection with this entire planet. So last question. I think mm -hmm. a lot of people have questions like this. If someone, let's say your grandfather passed away, can mm -hmm. you talk to them again? Will we meet them again? Yes and well, yes and no. It all depends on your desire and their desire. Like they will have emotion for you so that a part of their emotion will linger and it will be wrapped around you kind of like a veil, kind of like a part of your guardian angel and you can communicate with that version of them. Them themselves like will reincarnate but a portion of them will stick around and be with you until the day that you pass because they wow. cared for you all you have to do is the same thing i was saying before follow your heart's desire follow what you're supposed to do because that's when when they pass they are now privy to the same information that the entire astral world offers to everyone in the astral realm knowledge is like a kind of floating in the air and everybody gets to share in it it's not something that's like individual compared to the mm. physical realm where everything's individual over here um that's why gods are really consistent that's why like a god of water will always be a god of water or like a god of fire will always be a god of fire per se your grandfather will still be there their emotions for you will linger around you and you can mm. commune with them but they're basically just telling you live your life do what you can. Don't worry about me. I've lived my life just like what they normally say to you when they were alive. They were always saying like, I love you. I want you yeah. to be happy. I want you to, it's the same thing that they were saying to you when you were living. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think that they're going to get some secret information about like this or that. None of that stuff really matters because their life and their path isn't different from yours. You're supposed to follow your own path. 
you're not supposed to be stepping in the foot in the shadow of your grandfather thank you guys so much for listening to world is crazy remember to share this podcast and thank you guys so much for listening and see you guys in my next one